Truth and Transcendence, brought to you by Being Space, with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, episode 132, with special guest Ken Stearns. Now, if you haven't come across Ken yet, he is a director at the JAR Foundation, which is a non-profit organization that aims to help in any way possible with the mental health crisis in America, focusing on reducing the stigma, improving access, cost, and education. He is also the creator and host of The Jar, an interview interview format podcast, where Ken covers topics like love, compassion, tomorrow, mm-hmm. hope, forgiveness, and acceptance, and more from his recent book, Dear God, with his guests. Ken also, interestingly, has over 25 years of executive leadership experience in the insurance world. And he is a public speaker, a lyricist, and a songwriter whose works are available on iTunes and Spotify. Ken believes that reaching a common goal can only be achieved through the power of inspiration. So um, mm. I, that's actually one of the reasons I invited guest, uh, Ken on, because um, I, I love how Ken simply up and left his comfortable life and set off around the US in a van with a jar full of interview questions, interviewing people far and wide. He's following his dream. He's learning as he goes. And many people are being touched and uplifted along the way. Stunning Mm. and inspiring. So Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. Catherine, thanks for, thanks for having me. And I've, and I've really enjoyed our, our discussions up to date, you know, having you on my show and also our pre-chats and everything, just really getting to know you as a person. It's been great. Thank you so much. And it was an absolute pleasure and privilege coming on your on your yeah. show. So I'm hoping after this, everybody will listen to your show and um, take it in because it was yeah. it's fantastic. So we talked about um, what theme we wanted to talk about and we hit on mm. embracing change. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about this and thinking, actually, I think that theme's relevant for an awful lot of people at the moment because- yeah. You know, there are people all around the world who are in- having to engage with change or wanting to engage with change, whether they chose it, whether they yes. chose it and then forgot they chose it, or whether they were forced into it. So I think it really is a theme of the moment. So, Ken, I, I'm delighted that you're, I think your example of embracing change is mm. really quite a strong one. You know, we're not all going to throw everything in the air and set off around the continent in yeah. the van. Um, I, I don't recommend it for everybody, honestly. <laughs> you need to be, you know, a certain type of person to do it. Um, but Ken, can yeah. you, you know, you're very connected to this, this whole theme of embracing change. If you cast your mind back, um, hmm. can you remember when in your life you first really connected with the importance of embracing change and, and took an interest in it. Yeah, Catherine. It's, and it's a, it's, I, as you were talking, um, I kind of had this thought or this expression of, you know, either, either you embrace change and you're ready for it, or you think about it. You don't have to change, but you should be 
think about how your life could change and what you would do. But certainly, change does come looking for you mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. It, it, you know, so as, as, as much as we want to keep our lives in a particular way, sometimes a nice routine and, and things, change does happen. And you should be prepared for it. And you should, and I think if you embrace it a little bit sometimes and seek it out, uh, that'll give you a little bit, you give you some practice. Yeah. And I, and I think it's good. But, you know, life changes. I wouldn't recommend what I did for everybody. And, you know, and I have looked back, taking your life and dropping it from 35,000 feet and shattering it into a million pieces and then trying to reassemble it to an art form um, is not for the meek. Mm-hmm. And and for sure, I'm still on the journey and I'm still piecing it together, you know, yeah. this this life together as I as I kind of do the journey. But I think it's fun. It's funny. I look back and I am a bit of a change person. Uh, and, and, and I don't know where it comes from. You know, when I was, I had just graduated college and I had got a job, nice job in California. I was do I was an accountant and, you know, I was a, and I had kind of figured out this, this, this path in my career of accounting. My wife was, I was married. My wife was three months pregnant and there were some things that happening at work, which kind of just made me think, you know, I am, man, this guy's doing this other job and he is a ding dong and he's making money and, and, you know, and I'm doing this accounting job and I want to be stuck in this job for my whole life. Like I see the path, there's no escape. And I thought I should get into sales. And so I quit my job, great salary benefits. I have a baby on the way. And I come home and I tell my wife, I've quit the job. I have a new job. It pays one third the salary, but I could get commission. And sorry, I don't have any benefits. Haven't really figured out how we're going to birth the baby. Uh, that was a, it was one of the parts I hadn't really calculated. <laughs> Slightly important. You came home with this news to a pregnant woman. And and she still and we stayed married for a while after that even super shockingly <laughs> I didn't <laughs> die that night uh, and and that's kind of a little bit my first attempt at real radical change mm-hmm. and the experience was not fun in a, in a way you know I I had that I loved the job I loved what I did my, personally the growth was amazing I went to places I never knew I could go. I was cold calling. I was knocking on strange doors, asking people to buy calculators. I was doing something so far outside my my view of what I would be doing in life. And but I but I sucked pretty bad at it and I got fired. And then I, you know, had another job and that job, that company went away. And, you know, and so this series of things of these jobs happened. And finally I landed an insurance job because that's when you roll far enough downhill. In, in life, you end up as an agent, an insurance agent, you know, the, the job of last resort. You can only say that because you've been one. If I said Absolutely. That- I have a, made a big, I had a huge, it was my rice bowl. I had a big career in insurance. Yeah. And absolutely, I, could, I love insurance and I love agents beyond what I can express. It's a great career and it's an amazing business. Yeah. Um, but it is not a place you want to find yourself starting out because it's, a, it's everybody fails like a hundred percent fail rate. Um, it's brutal. You get rejected. No one wants to talk to you, even your family. Um, you know, you talk about the strange things, but if you get through that, which I did, 
And you've, so I would say my change moment was quitting that job, but the expression of that, the, the harvest, if you will, Catherine took a few years. Yeah. It, it really took a few years and it knocked me sideways. Now I ended up in a much better place and I was a different person as a result. And I was not on this career path for accounting and management and, and being in an office. I had, I had that bug. And I think what would happen is I would reach a plateau in my personal development and I would seek out that next like shock or that next, you know, cracking the plate into 10 pieces. Yeah. You know, what would that look like? Where would I get that next growth? How does that look? And the next one came. I, I got, a, I saw an advertisement that said, move to Asia. We're looking for people with this insurance experience. And I happen to have that insurance experience. It seemed like the universe was knocking on my door. It was like time to answer the answer the door. And so very shortly after answering the ad, I found myself and my family, we left California and I was landed in Hong Kong with my two daughters and my wife. And, you know, that's change. Definitely. Um, So when you said, when you said a few sentences ago, I had that bug and I followed it. What do you mean by that bug? What was that? What was that? um, That was kind of pulling you? It was like a personal development plateau. Like oh, yeah. I had, I had, you know, I'm per- like the, I'm here and I'm comfortable and I'm I'm good and I'm good at what I do and I'm relaxed at what I do and and I can see everything is going to be have this nice natural path, but that natural path is just very, you know, it's very stepped, yeah. and I don't see that 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 cat that chasm catechismic. I don't know how the word is. Catalytic. Yeah, a, a growth, a, like a, a huge growth. Yeah. Like, where am I going to really become a different person? And I don't know. I can look back now and realize I was answering some call, Catherine, and I don't know what it was. Because mm. who, do, you know, why would I, why would I seek out that kind of change? Is it the adventure? You know, am I, if I got this kind of, you know, the body keeps the score in my DNA, do I have this kind of go west young man? you know, kind of, kind of thing. And just, I kept going West, but it turned out to be East. Um, <laughs> well, if you keep going far enough West, you will end up in the same place. I, which is what I did. I ended up, you know, end up in the East. And <laughs> yeah. um, it was also a really big change. Not quite the same with throwing my life up and, and kind of, you know, because I was stepping into something. It was a little bit easier. I'm stepping into a role that I had to kind of create. Yeah. And, you know, that again, a long, a long time to kind of get your feet. Although I'm getting, you know, I was getting better at it. It was a transition to insurance. There was a good pathway, but it was a, for sure. It was obviously a growth moment and a growth years. Um, and you struggle. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's interesting, Catherine, you, a lot of all of my change, most of my change, I should say has been self-inflicted. Yeah. Well, that makes a massive difference to the experience of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does, and the ownership of it, and and the words you use, right? It did it. I think sometimes we can be the victim if change happens to people. So I think you know when people are listening, change happens to you, to us. Like I said before, you either you're either 
out there doing things and changing life. But sometimes light, you know, change knocks on your door. Yeah. And you can think of that happening to you is is a real victim kind of a circumstance, you know, uh, the 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 tone and the language. Yeah. And for me, I was doing it to myself. I was the one causing the change. And so everything as a result of that was my, you know, my own doing. And I had to make that make sense. Mm, mm, because you knew that you were, you, you were actually autonomous. You, you were actually making your autonomous. own choices rather yeah. than being done to. Yeah. And, and so I, it, it's a different, you really have to have that different mindset. And, you know, I just, I've had a couple of conversations, a strange analogy, but you know, I've just been talking to two people who had lost a child and, you know, talking to a parent that's lost a child, that is, that's a change that happens to you. And there's no getting around that, that, that part of the conversation. But as I sat with this gentleman this past weekend, you know, ultimately we came to the conclusion that he was given a gift that it wasn't a change that happened to him, that he was given actually a gift and that gift, a terrible gift, but a gift that allowed him to impact other people. Mm. He's now saving. He lost a life, but he saved many more lives yeah. as a result of it. Yeah. So change comes in many forms and it comes in horrific forms, but there's a beauty to all of it. And it doesn't happen to us. Right. It happens for us. Mm. And, and I think, you know, you've, we've got as, as a people, we've got to find once you're over the shock, once you're over, if there's a trauma or if it's a loss, you've got to mourn that loss. You've got to go through that. But on the other side of these is the purpose, right? There's nothing accidental in life. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no, this happened to you. These are things that happen and they happen for us and it's, and it's our job. And so it's weird that I'm, you know, I also think that these are happening for me in a way. <clears throat> and, and even though they're self-inflicted, right. And so the, the ability to take my family and to, at that point too, I had, I was responsible for other people. I had, I had forced change on everybody. Yeah. That was a different, you know, honestly, that was heavy. Uh, and I didn't realize that for a while, you know, a bit selfish in a way, a bit autonomous, but I didn't realize that I had forced everybody into my little program. Um, and, and that was, I had a little bit of some guilt on that for a while. We all struggled. I ended up getting divorced. Um, and that's partly because of the move for sure. Um, and so there's a lot, there's a lot of cost too. Um, but I think I'm in the place I would have been anyway, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And the change was ultimately good for everybody. It's part of our fabric of our life. Mm. Now, my daughters, I have my two daughters and, and my wife enjoyed it. We all had a great, great experience in the end. Um, net, net, you know, and I then started to have change happen to me. So then I was, you know, I was in Hong Kong at a great job. Everything's kind of, you know, my life is pretty, you know, you, you do, this is what you do. And I changed companies and stuff. And there's a little bit of change in there, but it's not anything real big. But ultimately, then they started moving me. The companies, then change was happening to me. Mm. And I wasn't in control. You know, they, they would, 
come in and just say, tomorrow you're going to be in Vietnam. And, you know, when you come out, we don't know, you know, at some point we'll fire you or we'll move you. And, you know, then they moved me to Indonesia and then they moved me to Thailand and then they fired me. Yeah. And, you know, and all these things are happening and you've, and you're, it's change and it's, I'm not in control. Yeah. I, that's not a good for me. That's not like, I'm not really a fan of that. No, that Uh, didn't fit, that didn't fit with your program. Not with my program, but I'm very capable. Yeah. You know, like I absolutely roll with the punches and that part is good, but I'm not in control and it's not, you know, it's back to my, what's inside of me for change is that, that growth. Where's that, where am I going to become different? How am I going to affect myself in a, in a big way? Yeah. And so this is, these were happening to me and I can manage that. But they weren't really happening for like like there wasn't really a great purpose. I would go and I'd learn and be something there, but I wasn't. It wasn't me. I had, you know, sometimes the the notion for change comes from funny places, and and I think you've probably experienced this, Catherine, where you know these whispers or these things happen to you in life, right? These moments, and you don't realize it, but it's the smallest little kind of like. I don't know, like, like an atom hitting an atom. And then, you know, that hits four atoms and those four atoms hit, it just kind of keeps going and you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Until afterwards, you look back 30 years later and you can see one thing led to the other, led to the other. Yes. And then you might almost think like it's almost by design. If you get crazy enough. Yeah. You might think it's actually part of the plan. Yeah. And, and I had this. And so I had this gentleman, this guy I really respected, uh, looked at me one day at a conference and he said, you know, when am I, when are you going to be a speaker? And this big, it was a big event we we were running and I I had hired him to hire speakers. So he was a speaker guy and he's like, when are you going to be the speaker? And I was like, I don't know. Should I be the speaker? You should be the speaker. And I thought, okay. And somewhere along that, and the other thing he put in my head was, but you need a book. Doesn't matter what kind of book. It could be a crappy book, Ken. You just need a book. And that's all you need. And then you're gone. <laughs> and boy, man, that I don't, you know, somewhere after that, I started writing a book on an airplane. And, you know, just just start notes and scratch. And and then the job got crazy. And those notes went away and they sat in my drawer for four or five years. <clears throat> and then I had a change, another life change happened to me, and I decided that I was going to do something like a little bit, you know, a little bit crazy. I was going to buy a guitar, <laughs> something different, yeah, and create a little change, create a an energy inside my little universe that would have some kind of energy to it. <clears throat> it was my third try at guitar. I had one when I was about 10, one when I was about 40. And then, you know, this is my third try. And and I made a commitment. It, and we talked about this as the that that commitment word, where the where the word commitment came from is, is part of our conversation. Yeah. And it's kind of the combination of the two. I wanted to buy a guitar and I wanted to treat myself to a nice guitar. I didn't want to buy a, a two hundred dollar guitar that that wouldn't sound good, even if I sound even if I was bad, 
or even if I got good, no matter how well I played it, it was still the tone wasn't beautiful. And I wanted to look at a beautiful guitar. And so I went to this guitar store and yeah, funny thing happened. I, I put this change out there and I was very vocal. Like I told my daughter, I was intentional. This is what I'm going to do. And I get into the guitar store and I'm super intimidated, like really intimidated. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm going to buy a good guitar. I'm going to spend the real money, but I'm going to do this for two years. I commit. I'm going to commit to myself two years of trying and I'll have lessons and I won't give up at the end of two years, no matter how much it hurts, I will sell the guitar. If I don't, if I suck, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm out, but I'm going to try for two years. And then I will say, I tried and I'll have a lesson. I'll have a teacher. And so I got back to, to Thailand and I had it. I bought my, so I'm sorry, I'll, I'll finish the story of the guitar. So I bought, I'm in the store. I'm having this conversation with myself, like stay committed. And I'm super intimidated looking at this guitar store. I, I they're nice guitars. People are playing them beautifully. I, yeah, they are, I they look, are, yeah, they are intimidating those stores. So intimidating, Catherine. I don't even know how to really hold the guitar anymore. Like, honestly, the more you're in there, the less, like anything you thought you knew, it just goes away because you see everybody else really does now. <laughs> and I just like, now I'm having second doubt i'm having second thoughts i'm like maybe i'll just i'll come back or i'll find another store and so now i'm starting to unwind my 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 conversation with myself and there's this one gentleman who's who's kind of moving from stool to stool and playing the guitar and kind of looks like me but way hipper way cooler you know way way more hipper like he looks like he knows what he's doing too (laughs) and i end up just kind of like somehow face to face with him you know, with moving around the people and stuff and just like, like you and I are in the screen. And, and I just blurted out like, Hey, I'm this 50 year old dude and I want to buy a guitar and I want to learn how to play. Do you have any advice for what I should get? And he just looks at me and goes, get the red one. And you know, it's like someone speaking code. Like it's like, he's speaking, speaking a language and I'm supposed to understand get the red one and i'm like oh sure of course get the red one but i have no what does he mean and i'm staring at him and he goes you know the one you can't take your eyes off from across the room mm. the one you want to hold and never let go the red one and i was like wow that's so profound but at the same time i knew exactly what guitar yeah like boom i was done Two minutes later, I was at the cash register. I turned around, went over, grabbed it off the sh- off the shelf, double checked the price tag, went, "Whoa, <laughs> okay, I guess this is the one." And was it actually red? And weirdly, it was very reddish, like <laughs> not bright red, but it had a very red tone to it. It's yeah. a, a koa wood, K O A, like a Hawaiian hardwood, mm-hmm. and it has a very reddish tint to it. So it was also very strange that he said red. Yeah, because it was the it was the probably one of the, the you know there might have been a red guitar in the room, but this was the closest natural. And as a result of that, you know, I really feel like when I look back, that person almost like I could say they weren't even really there, mm. like they were an angel. Yes, like I, truly in my own mind, that person didn't exist. Mm. 
and was just there for that moment to give me the courage to take the step, right? I had committed to the universe and the universe met me halfway. Yeah. What a beautiful story. I love that. I, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I then got back to Thailand and I Googled, I was like, all right, I got to find a teacher. And, you know, I'm in Thailand and, and I knew I didn't want a Thai teacher uh, be, for different, for different reasons. And, but, and I had a fancy for a Filipino because Filipinos, the English is, is like almost an, a second language there. It's a very, um, you know, people, the Filipinos speak great English typically, and they're musically fr- genetic freaks. Mm-hmm. Like every Filipino's got like a, like not every Filipino, but like, it seems like everyone I've met has got a voice of gold. And they can all play a musical instrument after 15 minutes of trying. It's the weirdest thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to find me a Filipino. And I found this old Facebook post, this old kind of like this, this number. And I chased the number down, found it. And I called this person and I met this guy, Alonzo. And we've been brothers since the day we met. Amazing. 10 years ago. Um. An amazing human. He shouldn't also another person who shouldn't like shouldn't be alive. He's the he's the son of a priest. And his mother had him out of wedlock. I mean, he's like like he he's not supposed to be here. Yeah. And he's the most amazing person you'll ever meet. And um, and so he he and I sat down, we did, we started practicing. And you know, this change, right? This again, coming back to just saying, I'm now going to be a musician. I'm now going to pick up guitar and I'm going to do it every Sunday. And man, it was painful. I am not going to lie, Catherine. I stay, I still, I'm, I'm, I still play, but I'm terrible and it hurts and it still hurts. I don't understand after 10 years, it still hurts. <laughs> and, you know, but along the way, he was telling me we should write a song. You should write, let's write a song. And, you know, I couldn't even play two chords. It was like the third, fourth week he was saying this. And after a while, I went, you know, I have some words written down in my drawer from a book I was writing from a guy who told me I should be a speaker. Right. Let's go see if, because I like, I write poetically a bit, like Mm -hmm. lyrically, the way I write is a little bit fluffy. You know, and I can see how, like, I'm. there's probably some words in there we can get a couple of verses. Yeah. And so I went and picked up one of the, one of the, you know, all these scratch papers. And we opened them up and got a highlighter out. And before I knew it, two Sundays, we wrote a song. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what happened? I, I'm now on fire. This is the most amazing thing. Let's write another song. And very quickly, I ran out of words to steal from yeah so here i am with this music teacher and you know we wrote a couple songs and i've got no more i don't have any more words and i don't know how to write a song i know how to steal from my words so i start writing the book no choice if i want to write more if i want more songs i have to actually look at the book and i hadn't looked at this the structure of the book or the idea behind the book in a couple years and so that started me down this journey of writing this book, dear God, and putting the structure together. And it's a straight, so it's, you know, this change 
is a great thing when you're in charge because you you might start off in charge. Yeah. But you very quickly follow these breadcrumbs and it leads you to the most magical places. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, I yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, um, of thing, couple of things that actually uh, you said during the beautiful story. Um, one thing you said was that something that has um, caught your attention several times is the question, what is going to take me to hmm. the level? What's going to take me to be the, the, a different person? Or yeah, almost a different person. person. And, and, I, and that's very interesting and very strong. And I'm just wondering if you, if you have any idea where that came from or when that first started kicking in for you it's more me looking back now mm-hmm. you know because i never felt it in the moment but i have to yeah. i'm trying to explain why would i like you know these are some actually some pretty in some cases like leaving my accounting job was just just straight up stupid yeah like just properly stupid thing to do like there's just there's no way of like there's no sugar coating that catherine you no one nobody does that no correct thinking human would ever do that and it was a bit of i think maybe being trapped or being in a box and i and i'm and maybe i want to be in control or i want to be a little bit free yes i, I don't know but i do look back now look, yeah. when you look back you can see that you're yes. following something there I, was, and the, and that's yeah and i don't know where it's leading i am i'm i am following these breadcrumbs now so it is, you know, there I was writing this book. So now I'm now I'm writing this book. I've never written a book. I've got to, you know, put structure behind it. And so I I, I end up falling in love with it. Amazing. I this is the strange part, right? I fell in love with the concept of the book. And and the beauty of for me, it was the beauty of what I had found, you know, kind of and so for me it was this, you know, there's four parts to the book. The first one is a book of self. And it's your yesterdays, your todays, and your tomorrows. And I just love that idea of that conversation we have in our mind and the happiness. And for me, you know, my past, what I'm thinking about today, what I'm planning, all of that is so powerful for me as a as a person. And 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 up to my point in life, those were things that I tried that were important. And the book, and then the next part of the book is others you know, between you and another person, between you and, and and another human. And that was accept I came to acceptance, forgiveness, and compassion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't know where those came from. But those were the the construct of what I thought interpersonally accepting you for who you are, how you got there. I don't have to agree with you, but I can accept a lot of your it's who you are and and what you believe in and who in and everything. And I can have compassion for who you are. I can be compassionate. And, you know, and I go into what compassion means to me in, in the letters. You know, it's kind of, and, I, and these concepts is I'm asking God, do I get this right? Dear God, isn't compassion really this? I see. Like you're having a chat with God about. I'm something. having a chat with God. I'm, I'm, I figured this, I figured everything out, Catherine, in life. And so I'm just checking with God, you know, like, yo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, bro, isn't really acceptance just this? <laughs> and it's kind of like a nice personal chat. It's like these letters I write. Yeah. And and as I got to the humanity part, so if it's, you know, I've got, I'm responsible for myself. I've, I've, 
got this interpersonal relationship with people I, I encounter. And then I've got kind of this humanity view. How do I present myself to the race, the human race, humanity as a, as a group. And, you know, for me there, it's, it's love, you know, go out to the world with a love, a loving heart, you know, and also, you know, in love with yourself, you got to be in love with yourself, but then that allows you to have this expansive love for other people Yeah, to have karma, leave, treat people and things in the world like you want to be treated. You know, leave stuff high a little bit better than you found it, including people. And then the last one was um, service. And to go out with a service mind, a service heart, and how to serve humanity. And that doesn't have to be in a in a def, uh, deprecating way or, or a, you know, you don't have to be some service dog. It, it, there's a lot of ways that that can take shape and, and it can be very powerful. And the last one was really was, you know, your relationship with the universe, with God, with Mother Earth, whatever your spiritual language would be, you've got to have faith, hope. And my language was prayer or conversation. You know, you got to have a connection. You got to have a conversation with the universe. You know, you can't you can't just sit and believe that, you know, you're there are people that do believe there's nothing and you die and you're dead and you know, and that's it. And this whole thing was created by a bunch of monkeys on a typewriter. I'm not that person. I think everything is connected. I think we're here for a purpose. And I think every most people have got some language they use uh, for spirituality or faith. And that's your prayer conversation with, you know, earth or, or even yourself in a way. Um, because if you follow Aaron, is it Neville Goddard? Yeah, we are God. You know, also the Neville Goddard is a pretty interesting character. Um, and he talks about that. So the, I am part is you are God anyway, uh, your own voice and your own thoughts. So anyway, that's the, the construct of the book. And I fell in love with it, wrote that. And I don't know what happened, but I have a theory that God has got a very funny sense of humor, a very twisted, sick and, and funny sense of humor and decided that, yeah, these are great questions, Ken. And you got good theories. Now, what you should do is you should make these stories, these letters into questions and go ask your fellow man. Mm. And that's how the jar was born. Ah, I see. Sick and twisted sense of humor. Well, Somebody. He's, he's saying, yeah, he's, he's all, but he's also then saying, or she is also then saying, yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah whatever, yeah. You know, non-binary god is saying um whatever it is it's <laughs> sorry i don't know why i said i love that the non-binary god god <laughs> might have an issue with that like i'm not i'm so far past binary i'm linear i don't know what yeah i'm oh. just i've just transcended you know yeah 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 i'm past well, all of that um, <laughs> um but it makes sense he's saying if, if you really believe in everything you've said in this book yes of course you would go out and ask your fellow man I, you know, you really, really painted yourself into that corner, didn't you? I, yes, Catherine. And that's the issue, right? It's like, how the heck did this happen? <laughs> and, you know, I'm the story of the guitar, like how I started writing, how I started writing the, the guitar story of buying the guitar, meeting Alonzo, um, doing the journey, you know, or, or, or and writing the book, right? 
and then coming like I know all of those trigger points. I know those I know all of those inflection points. I don't know where the jar idea came from. Yeah. I still don't I cannot recall where I came up with the idea to write the questions, put them in a jar and drive around the country and interview 444 people. Uh, this part is really strange to me and I cannot I, I I've pretty much given up that it's not there that it's and again like oh, I said good. it's just an insp- inspiration somewhere that section where you said love and service hmm are you seriously you know that's obviously going to end up with you doing something in service to humanity isn't it I, you know it, and you've got all these questions to me that looks like a straight line I almost. <laughs> yeah, it's easier for you because I'm in it, right? <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. I can't see out. I can't see over the over the hedge line. I've got to um, say something I really notice in. I'm so enjoying your story. I haven't been saying very much because it's just so rich and juicy. Um, something I notice is that at all these different points you've described, there were moments <clears throat> where you could have taken the safe option. Or you yes. could have taken the really interesting, challenging option. And you took the interesting and challenging option. And you very often had no idea where it was going to take you. And oh, you yeah. did it nevertheless. Yes. <laughs> that to yeah. me is like a sort of very fascinating quality or capacity that you seem to have. Mm. Because what that's done is that's then taken you into another realm or into another yes. world. Yeah where there's a lot more information and interesting things taking place. So, of course, Mm. you then learn and grow. And, of course, that then offers you another set of opportunities. So you seem to have an extraordinary openness is the Mm. word that's coming to me. Yeah. Does that seem clear? I'm I'm very open, you know, for sure. Moving to other countries and jumping into that, you know, culturally, just from left, you know, to right – um, you know, I've, I think I had obviously some of those, those, those qualities, the traits were there. Um, but I've, I've stretched that muscle yeah. for sure you were. and learn and learn to know I, you are correct. I have learned to accept that I may not be able to see what's around the corner, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and it may not be pretty, um, but it'll be all right. Yeah. But it's going to be, you know, it's going to be okay. And, you know, and I'm in that moment now, you know, I, this is, I've done about uh, 320, 340 interviews. I've got about a hundred interviews left on the project, which seems like a lot. Um, but when you started, fo- when you started zero and you, you know, you end up with, you know, 320, like 320 interviews in people's homes around the country, it's a giant giant accomplishment in a, in a way. Yes. Um, and you know, and I'm, it's at the end, I'm burning my money. Um, it's been an amazing journey. I'm, I'm super committed to this thing. Right. And, and just seeing where it leads is, is, is so interesting. The people I've met and I, I never imagined I'd be a mental health perf- you know person that I would start something along like the jar foundation and become a mental health person um and an advocate and and really an advocate um you know i i started the journey with the jar <clears throat> april of last year so i came i came back i left asia in january 2022 
So kind of post, you know, post um, COVID yeah. and landed. And I started in April um, the journey in the Pacific Northwest and just started, you know, traveling across, you know, just doing this up and down the between cities. And I would go to every capital, every state capital. That was one. Of, so the 48 states. And I was going to go to 100. I'm going to 111 cities is the is the idea. Interview the 444 people. And, you know, it's um, it's just absolutely an amazing journey, but it's not without its struggles. I mean, I you know, it is colossally uh, difficult. You know, it's lonely. Uh, it's tiring. Uh, I've I've had. Very surprisingly to me, and what I didn't even see for a lot for eight months when I was in it was the PTSD or that that compassion fatigue yeah. from hearing people's stories. Yeah. You know, I've real heart wrenching face to face, and I'm hearing it like a therapist. Yeah, in a way, and so some of that compassion fatigue that surprised me. That kind of caught me. I was not prepared for that. I uh, didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. And I didn't see it when it was happening. I only, I took a break in January, in December. I, I, I got off the road in December after eight months and I just kind of stared out the window for about a week. <laughs> just, you know, um, and trying to process, you know, process what I'd done to myself, you know, and to, and to do all of this. And am I, and it was a sanity check in a way to Catherine. There are, you know, there's changes not without its moments, you know, of doubt. Um, do Did I do the right thing? Where will this end up? You know, so you commented about, you know, I always had that, the ability to kind of know it's going to be okay, but it's not without its, it's not like I'm just sitting in there and willy nilly and like, it's not all sunshine. Yeah. Um, but that's because it's not, tough is moments. That, is that not because you're breaking through to the, to another level? You know, what you've just described, somebody who mm. exposed themselves to that, what you call compassion fatigue, which I think is a really good yeah. expression. I think someone who exposes themselves to that consistently over a long period, that's going to change a person. You know, change. That's going to really, you know, tune up their soul, <laughs> right? You can't come out of that not affected, can you? Uh there's no yeah there's no escape right you're that close it's the it's too catherine like over the zoom call is one thing but the physical proximity of of the emotion right there's an energy we are all connected exactly and you know you put two of us in a room and we're going to go through an experience with the jar and it's an experience because the person's literally pulling these cards out and just answering right away and boy the universe serves up great cards and the story comes out yeah. And there's, 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 you know, we share an energy. Uh, we share that moment. Um, and I connect, you know, I physically connect with people, you know, on an electrical, emotional, like this physical level, we connect yeah. and I own part of that story in a way. Yeah. You know, um, Absolutely. and you're giving them a great gift by doing it. Uh, it Cause you're, you're, because you're not a therapist, you're not there. There's not no sort of, no indication yep. that you're there to fix them or nope. tell them you give them a label for what's wrong with them or you know medicate them you're just listening i 
This is the one thing I never realized, Catherine, for a long time. It is a really powerful gift I'm giving people. It is. And, and I don't, I mean, people appreciate it. A lot of people really appreciate it and, but not everybody understands. Like they might appreciate the moment and the chance and it's great, but I don't think they really truly understand that it's a chance to sit. It's an autobiography and it's digital and it's forever and it's for your family. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. It's for everybody else. It's for the listeners. And ultimately for me, I I, I think if I could have had my father, like I would listen to his episode of the jar a hundred times. Mm. Yeah. I I would, I'd die for that to, to listen to that. And, um, I got a, we had a, a powerful, um, message about a, two months ago. Uh, I interviewed a gentleman who was, um, talks to animals, super connected to animals. He can like cows and he can tell you what they're thinking. He's this crazy, interesting person. And when I interviewed him, he didn't know it, but he had cancer. And shortly after the interview, he got diagnosed and he passed away a few months later. Um, And his wife sent us just the most beautiful message that she had just listened to the interview and to hear his voice. And the questions he was answering about life, who he was, what he thought about love, forgiveness, you know, to have that view of him and, and to be able to listen to it and understand him. Like, oh, I think I cried for like 30 minutes yeah, just thinking about it, right? The gift. Yeah. Um, and I... I'm not done with the journey. This is the strange part. I, you know, I've, I'm in the middle of it still. Yeah. I'm in the middle of it. And, um, you know, I've taken a, I'm going to take a break and I'm trying to rearrange the finances and find out how to, you know, how to monetize this in a way where I'm not going to burn my money, keep going. And I've got another, the, the mental health podcast. And so to kind of, to, to come back to the commitment, um, piece. Um, my daughter has been helping me as a producer. It's been a lovely, like an amazing accidental experience that she would have time because she's not a, this is not what she does. She's an animal person. And so she's, and so she's going to be doing her animal thing now, uh, come January. So she's going to transition out of the show and she's been a big rock. And so I sent, I, I, I sent a message to, Alonzo, my guitar guy, he's interestingly, Alonzo's become my, he's become the audio person. Oh. Cause he's, he's very good. He's a music guy. He records, he's, you know, he's technically very good at this and he's been a consultant for me, help make sure the audio is good. Cause it's traveling show. And mm-hmm. I set up, you know, I don't have the beauty, the, the consistency of the production. And so it needs help. And and it's been fun because Alonzo's by my side. Every time I start a podcast with a guest, I know Alonzo's in the room in a week or two. He'll be hearing the story. Yeah. He'll be sitting there. So I always like, I always started off, hey, Alonzo, how's it going? What's happening in Thailand? How are you, my buddy? I love you. And um, 
So it's just kind of this fun, this fun thing we play. And so I sent him a note and I said, Hey, I'm gonna take a break. And you know, that, that, that I'm gonna start in January and I don't know what it's going to look like. And, um, he sent me this note back and he said, I am with you till the end. We will finish what we started. Wow. Amazing. Right. To have like, I don't care where we're going. I'm with you. Yeah. And that's how you know whatever you're doing is is good, right? You, you know, if people around you, you lose people because of natural things. But, you know, who's that person that knows everything? He knows the whole story. But And also, for whatever reason, it's the right thing for him in the cycle of his life right now. I think that's often the case, isn't it? You know, it's one thing yeah. to appreciate it, but it's another thing which is, does this answer a need that they have or or a call that they have in their life? We are so bound together, Catherine. It's we it, it you know, I helped him, he helped like we met and we were brothers. Yeah. We couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> like, like, I mean, he's from some tiny island in the middle of the ocean, right? It, like, actually, he's from Philippines, but he's from like a pretty small island. I mean, he shouldn't even be born. Like he's totally a forbidden person, right? Mm. But somehow we met, yeah. And we were supposed to meet. Like I true, like it's like we were like we're so, we're friends forever. Um, and he's just a great human. And to get those words, like to for someone to send you know, but oh, we're gonna finish what we started. I'm like I'm not alone. Yeah. And yeah. and I think it is that commitment. You know, so, you know, when you do feel alone, when you're in change, I think for, for listeners, you know, you're, you think you're alone sometimes mm. through these changes, um, you know, but I kind of call this, you might be in the tunnel, you feel like you're in the darkness and yeah, maybe you see a little light at the end. Maybe it's just pitch black, but the reality is if you, if you reach out your arms, spread your fingers, you're going to find another hand. Mm. You know, we're all in the dark together. And, you know, Alonzo's that hand for me, one of those hands. Um, and I think it's from that change and then the commitment, as we talked a little bit about. I think when you change is one thing, doing change willy nilly, you know, changing is is good, but you got to do change with a purpose. Yeah. I, I think the one thing distinction is you don't just change willy nilly because that's not going to, that, that does not end well. Yeah. You know, all of my changes that I did have some push and some vision and some, like you said, and I knew where I was going to land was going to be safe. It's up to me to make it work, but I wasn't going to put myself in danger. And it, and it wasn't change just for the sake of change. Not will, like I call it like a willy nilly change, if that makes sense. It does. Yes, yes, yes. Amazing. Honestly, I can, I could talk to you for hours and hours on end. Um, but we're coming up towards starting to run out of yeah. time. So I'm going to switch awesome. on to, um, and actually if people want to know more about you, they can listen to your podcast and tune into your music and read your book. You know, there's plenty. So we don't have to give them everything today. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of people in leadership positions in the world at the moment. And I'm including mm -hmm. people who are trying to be good leaders in their own lives. Yes. 
And I personally like to believe that most of these people are trying to be part of the solution. And a lot of them will be very aligned with a lot of the things you've been talking about. And I just wanted to ask you, if you, I'm going to give you a moment in a moment to, Hmm. is there something you'd like to say to those people right now in the world? Is there something specific you'd like to say to those people? Yeah, I, and I think it'll, I'll use the idea that I am a different person, that this has changed me, which you, which you rightly kind of observe that it would have to, right? And I look back on myself as an executive and, and as a leader. And, you know, I wish I had more compassion for people in the roles. And I can look back at so many individuals and so many individual moments where the corporate objective or something on a, you know, on a PowerPoint was supposed to, you know, some number was supposed to be hit or some activity was supposed to be done. And, you know, and I look back how we looked at people and thought of people together in the room, like myself or the CEO or the executive team, and we talk about a person. And I think what we missed was, you know, what's going on in their life. We just never know what's happening with somebody in their own personal life. And I wish I had more, um, just more grace for people and to give them more grace and understanding that, you know, when you show up to work, we're seeing part of the person and asking them to do a certain role, a certain thing. And that's a lot dependent upon where their head is at, where their heart's at, where they're, where they're physically here, but they mentally, they may be somewhere else and just give some grace to people uh and love on staff more you know just walk around and just be a little bit more uplifting and you know that will empower people to be better employees and to to show up better at work making it a, a loving warm place um because life outside's hard and life at home is hard you know there's conflict in all those places and let's try to reduce the conflict at work and make that a place where you know things are good and you're heard you feel heard and, you know, people do give you some grace and they do ask like, how are you doing this week? You know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you underwhelmed? You got too much work. What can we do to help? I want to make, you know, those kind of conversations I should have had my one-on-ones. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I love it. So my final question I always ask people, Ken, is we've had quite an extraordinary conversation today. Has, yeah. has there been a favorite part of it for you of our conversation? Hmm. I, f- Catherine, I tell the story. I've told my story a few times, but I, I think every time I tell it, I, I do find something else about myself. And so I, I really appreciate your structure, you know, kind of going through this, the, the change with change with a purpose and me articulating what you picked up, which is why am I doing these changes? And what am I searching for? What am I looking to do or or impact? How am I looking to impact myself and why and the why? And and I think that is that as I articulated, I think I was looking for something to change myself, to grow. Um I'm supposed to be somebody. I'm I there's like I'm not that human yet. And I think we're all capable of this kind of stuff where i'm you know we're, i don't have much time 
right? We're only here for a short time. And, and I don't know who I'm supposed to meet. Who is that person I'm supposed to touch or, or, or help or affect? And, and is it, am I that person yet? And, and so I think it is, this is, so I really appreciate the structure because it forces me to re-examine who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing and try to make sure I don't lose sight of that purpose in that, in that road, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And yeah, where, would thanks, you like, where would you like people to go if they want to find you, Ken? Yeah. The, I mean, really the best place is the jar.live. Uh, it's just www.thejar.live. You can find, there's a lot of links there yeah. to the book, to the pod, to the one podcast. Um, to find me. Every, everything is right there. And then just Google me. I'm yeah. kind of, go- I'm, I've got enough junk out there where I've, I've, I've got my own SEO going just by <laughs> volume. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ken. This has been an absolute delight. And I feel like I'm going to listen back to this conversation more than once because yeah. there were so many juicy bits in there. And I, I love, I love your trailblazing that you're doing. Uh, mm. It's fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Thanks for having me, Catherine, and giving me the platform. I I truly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Truth and Transcendence. And thank you for supporting the show by rating, reviewing, subscribing, buying me a coffee and telling a friend. If you'd like to know more about my work, you can find out about mentoring, workshops and energy treatments on beingspace.world. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time.